Why does Paul, in the book of Romans, have to warn us again and again not to be arrogant? Well, because we're inclined to be so. We must think soberly, sensibly, sanely. Welcome to In the Bullpen, Up and Ready, a ministry of developing contenders. The call has come. You need to get up and ready now. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. We see Paul move from orthodoxy in Romans 1 through 11 to orthopraxy beginning in chapter 12. In the first two verses of the 12th chapter, We read that as followers of Christ, we are to worship and to be renewed. The result of these things is to live in service to others. If we say we are offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, if we say we are being transformed by the grace of God, yet we don't live serving in Christian community, we deceive ourselves. Hear now God's word in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service, in his serving, or he who teaches, in his teaching, or he who exhorts, in his exhortation, he who gives, with liberality, he who leads, with diligence, he who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. This passage begins a lengthy section in Romans that continues through the end of chapter 13, And in it, Paul reveals the marks of Christian community. In this text, we see our reasonable or spiritual service of worship involves exercising our spiritual gifts. Paul begins with yet another beware of boasting moment and admonishes us to have sound judgment about ourselves. We have to recognize that God is the one who allots to each of us a measure of faith and spiritual gifts. We are to exercise our spiritual gifts humbly, Paul writes in verse 3. We must know that anything good we have, we have received from Jehovah. And therefore, we have absolutely no reason to boast. In verses 4 and 5, we are told that we are to use our gifts harmoniously. We're to work together, like a symphony making beautiful music, or like an athletic team performing in a way that, that brings about winning. We are to reflect the nature of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having both unity and diversity. And this text ends in verses 6-8 through by saying we are to use our spiritual gifts heartily, not slothfully, not grudgingly, but diligently and joyfully. Now Paul lists seven gifts in this text. That is not an exhaustive list, but a representative one. And these gifts broadly fit into two categories speaking, and serving. So, who has 
a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts. All Christians do, old and young, male and female. When and where are we to use our spiritual gifts? Anytime and anywhere, every day and in every way, as the Lord gives us opportunity and according to his word. Why do we have these gifts? Why do we use these gifts? First and foremost, for the glory of King Jesus. Also, for the edification of the saints and as a witness to the lost. And what's the basis of all of this? The crucified, resurrected, ascended, and reigning King Jesus. He had his body broken and blood shed to make us his own. He gave his body to make each of us individually members of one another, members of his body. We must not boast about our spiritual gifts. We must not bury our spiritual gifts. But we must faithfully exercise them to the glory of God. Get your eyes up, fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and be ready to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him.